0: Martin Luther was writing one time about <clears throat> Thanksgiving, not our holiday of Thanksgiving, but a, a thankful heart and gratitude and He said something that really struck me, and if you 've never read Uncle Martin, you really need to read Martin Luther from time to time. He, he can be rough, he can be coarse as a cop sometime, but There are some real gems that come out, not just because of his theological writings, but there are so many gems that just stand out. And he said, you know, to have a thankful heart, to be a thankful person is an evidence of God's grace at work in you. He said, because to truly be thankful is to recognize that it is God who has given us every good thing. And he says, if we are grateful, if we're truly thankful people, then we can never be proud. If we're truly thankful people, we can never be arrogant. If we're truly thankful people, we can never be crude or rough. If we're truly thankful people, we can never work against what God is doing, because if we're thankful people, we will always want to cooperate And be a part of what God's doing. Isn't that a pretty incredible description of thanksgiving? And I've thought about that passage a lot that he wrote. And unfortunately, I couldn't go back and find it in my books. It's just one of those those things that I remember. And that was a much longer paraphrase of it than what he would have written. But I want you to stand with me out of respect for the word of the Lord. And I want us to think about what Martin Luther said as we enter this season of thanksgiving before we get into Christmas. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16, you're going to see that thankfulness is just a theme that runs through the New Testament. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Not the circumstance, but to be thankful no matter what the circumstances that you are facing. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So to be thankful In all circumstances, this is God's will for our lives. Ephesians 5 and verse 18, Be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts, like we did this morning, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then look with me at this next passage from Colossians 3.15. Be thankful... Let the message of Christ and all of its richness fill your lives. Teach, counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to him, to God the Father. Now, notice that three times in that one passage, you've got the word thankful, thankful, thankful and thanks. It's the mark of a Christian that we are thankful people. We are grateful people. And so this morning as I Again to preach the word. I want you to, because I know your minds wander from time to time. Some of you, your mind has already wandered while I've been doing reading the scriptures. You know, you're thinking, where am I going to eat at? Who doesn't have the longest line after church today? And you're thinking about maybe somebody you got to contact. So I know how that goes. So. As I'm preaching, if your mind wanders, I want you to write down on your notes something you're grateful for. And the more I see you writing this morning, the more I know that you're being thankful and your mind's not wandering to the oven back home in the kitchen, okay? So think about people that have blessed you. Think about times where God saved you, healed you, delivered you, did something special in your life. Think about special memories that you have. Think about. The food that you love, if you're going to have fried chicken today after church, you are indeed a blessed man or woman. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, you are blessed indeed. So I want you, while I preach this morning, I'm give you full permission. If you're my wonders, I want you to write down something that you're thankful for this morning. Now, Paul, I didn't say pro- talk to people in church. I said write down something you're thankful for. So, Heavenly Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus, would you nudge us throughout this message? God, cause us to remember and to be writing in the outlines of, our margin, of the margins of our notes, Lord. Those things and those reasons we have to be a grateful people. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I love to be in church. I woke up this morning and I, Becky just put a new one of those pads that heat the bed on the bottom it feels so good and we run our heat down real low at night to the low 50s and so i lay there just thinking how good that bed felt and then i move my legs a little bit and I know this is because i'm thinking about the message but i'm thinking to myself lord i am so glad i have a body that i can move in i'm so glad i'm still alive and then i remembered what it was like to be paralyzed when i couldn't walk and i moved my legs a little more and becky rolled over to the other side of the bed when i was moving that much so i decided to to get up and when i got up and pulled on my sweats i i thought lord i'm so thankful that there's a coffee pot downstairs and i'm about to have a good cup of coffee And somehow or another, I forgot that it was 52 degrees in the house. And I'm telling you, if I don't think that way, the first thing I could think of is getting up, getting on something warm, and getting that cup of coffee, and pulling a blanket over me while I have my devotions in the morning. But a thankful heart changes your life. Thanksgiving is my response to the presence of God. When the Lord is present, we can't help but have thankful and grateful hearts. What I've learned in my short lifetime, and I'm sure that you can say the same thing, is that truly grateful people are not grateful because of all the things they have, all the stuff they have, all the acquisitions they have, but truly grateful people are grateful that they know the Lord. Can you say amen to that? Jerry Seinfeld has a little routine that he does, and he says, You know, he says, I have no problem throwing things away. I can throw anything away. He said, I even threw our wedding album away. And he said, I admit now that that was wrong, but I told my wife, we've looked at all the pictures, two or three times. We don't need it anymore. He said, I was wrong. Of course, everybody's laughing, but he says, do you realize that everything that you buy and bring into your home, it immediately starts turning to garbage? And one day that new sofa you're so proud of, it's going to end up in the garage or in the basement. He says, nothing that ends up in the garage ever comes back into your house. He says, so what do you do? You go rent a storage space so you can put your garbage in there and keep your garbage because everything we buy if ev- eventually turns to garbage and I thought about that this week as I'm preparing the message and I said everything ashes to ashes dust to dust there is one thing that's going to remain and that is God and his people and the new life that he gave to us can we give him a hand of praise for that Jesus is forever and so when we learn to recognize God's presence we learn to recognize his goodness there are certain people that you know every time you're with them. When you're, they bring into your life joy. They bring into your life peace. They bring into your life happiness. They're the kind of people that when you go have lunch, they're grabbing the check first. or They'll tell the, the server when you walk in the door, bring the bill to me. They're those kind of people that they just bring goodness into your life. And that's what God has done for each of us. God has never done harm or ill or evil to all of us or any of us, but God has brought goodness into His life. And as I have tried and endeavored to live a more grateful life and a more thankful life, there's so many things that I've learned that I hope to be able to share with you. I used to really talk about, as a youth pastor, to our kids, developing sanctified willpower. Sanctified willpower was the choice to do what's right. You're always going to be tempted to do what's wrong. But the more I've grown in the Lord, I've realized that even sanctified willpower has its limitations. Even sanctified willpower can become pathological. But what we need is what the New Testament calls, we need that gift of self-control that the Holy Spirit gives to us. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but God has given you the spirit of love and power and self-control. And I realize that there is a limit, especially as I've read books on willpower and studied things on willpower, there is a limit to every one of us to our ability to exercise our willpower, it gets weaker and weaker throughout the day because we have a limited amount of willpower we can draw upon. But the Holy Spirit is unlimited within us and gives us the gift of self-control. And thanksgiving, thankful life, recognize that all of the goodness in our life, whether it's self-control or whether it's the food that we eat, it's all because of the presence of God. Looks into Psalm 75 and verse 1. We give thanks to you, God. We give thanks to you for your name is near and people tell about your wonderful works. Underline that phrase, your name is near. Because where the name of the Lord is, where the name of the Lord is, God is. For the name of the Lord is exalted. The Bible says that he dwells in the praises of his people. So when we gather to sing and worship him again, remember that God says that he dwells, that he's enthroned in the praises of his people. So your mind might be prone to wonder while we sing. Your mind might be prone to, to look around at one another. But if we sing those songs and lift the Lord up, then God even draws nearer to us. The world worldview has been coming up a lot lately in the news because of the new speaker of the house, and his worldview is being talked about a lot. Well, Thanksgiving is a worldview because true gratitude recognizes that God is the source of every good thing that we enjoy. God gives good things, and in order for me, now listen, in order for me to be grateful or thankful, Now follow this line of logic. In order for me to be grateful or thankful, I have to recognize that something is good. That what you're giving to me is going to be good. If you give me a gift of crack cocaine, that's not good. You know, if you give me a gift of a subscription to a, 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 a pornographic channel, that's not good. You say, well, I gave you something, you should be thankful. That's not good. If you give me a rattlesnake, that's not good. Years ago in Georgia, my grandmother was invited to a church. She did not know it was a snake handling church. So she came in with my, 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 my father and his siblings. They came into church, and somebody thrust a rattlesnake in her face and says, If you don't hold this rattlesnake, you're going to hell. True story. My grandmother said, If you don't get that snake out of my face, I'm going to beat the hell out of you. <sighs> I mean, there are some things that are not good, and my grandmother loved Jesus. She raised kids that love Jesus, but God gives to us good gifts, and I have to perceive that the goodness of the person giving me the gift is also involved. Look at Psalms 103 with me this morning. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me. He forgives all my sins, and He heals all my diseases. How many of you know God is good, and what God gives is good this morning? Amen. God is good, and what God gives is good. My life is filled with the goodness of God. You ought to write that down right now at the side of your margin. My life is filled with the goodness of God. Your life, whether you recognize it or not, or whether you choose to recognize it or not, your life is filled with the very goodness of God. You might ask me, say, Pastor, how can you say that? Because of something that we don't say often enough around woodland, but when we do say it, it seems that people catch it real quick. And that is, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. Let's say it again. God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. And it wasn't it until last year that I discovered the source of that saying, that it came out of the persecuted church in, and in Africa, especially in Libya and places like Kenya and Nigeria. And then last year, while I was at the bedside of my brother-in-law, just before he went into the presence of the Lord. And, I I was standing there with a lady from his church who was from Nigeria and I asked her, I said, about this statement and she told me yes. I said, can you tell me how that all came about? She says, we decided that when persecution came, that wasn't from God, that was from the devil. That God is good whether we're being persecuted or not. And that if we grumbled and complained, we would be like the enemy rather than being like God. So we said, God is good all the time, all the time God is good. And the evil that happens around us is not God's fault, but it is people who choose to do evil. And so when we say that, we're not saying that everything is going hunky-dory in our life. That's the reason the apostle could write, be thankful in all circumstances for this is the will of God. We're not thankful for the circumstance. We're thankful because we're serving the one that if we can stand the pulling, we're going to get pulled through this thing. Can we give him one more hand of praise this morning? Secondly, thanksgiving comes from a humble heart. Thanksgiving comes from a humble heart. If I believe I am owed something... I'm not grateful. If I believe I'm owed something, I'm not grateful. Politicians are talking about this now. Psychologists are talking about it. Hospitals are talking about it. I can bring this up in almost any circumstance and that I'm in, in our community and abroad and people say entitlement has become a real problem. Because it seems like the more benefits, bene means good, the more benefits people get, the less grateful they are. We learn that from raising our children. If we give them everything they want all the time, it's not beneficial for them. It's not good for them. And then they become entitled and feel like they should get what they want when they want, so they end up getting things that are not good for them. You see, sin will make you and me feel entitled. Sin will make us feel like we deserve it. Sin will make us feel like gifts rightfully belong to us. And so that's what politicians are struggling with now because there are so many people who believe that certain benefits, good things, just naturally belong to them, and somebody else should pay for it. That's not a political statement this morning, because there are many people who need the good things that we collectively as a society can give them because we've been blessed, because they are not able to provide those things for themselves. But the moment we begin to feel entitled, we are not grateful for that anymore. When Zoltan passed away a few weeks ago and He was always, whenever he met me, Zoltan was a member of our congregation, for those of you watching online or here, 96 years old, I believe, when he went to heaven just a few weeks ago, but Zoltan would always bring me some candy. Now, some candy Zoltan would bring me, I told him, I said, Zoltan, thank you, but I gave that candy away, okay? There's some candy I just didn't enjoy. So, he found out I love these things called coffee crisps. You can only get them in Canada. Well, I talked about that at his funeral, and one of the ladies from our church made a special trip to Canada and bought me back a sack full of these things. I am so amped up this morning, I could preach for three or four hours until the sugar runs out of my system. I don't deserve this. I didn't deserve the one or two that ultimate would feed me at a time. But to get a sack full of them, surely my cup runneth over this morning. And so we recognize the good things that God gives to us, and we become grateful. But when I got that sack of candy, I sat down and I, in my study here at the church, and I thought, I need to give some of this candy away to people because... This is a lot of candy. And then I'm not being, I hope you don't think I'm being crude, but then I thought, well, Jesus, you said if I give, I will be given back to. So I found some people I could give to. I'm expecting a, now you don't go out and buy any because this would be loud faith. I don't want you to go out and do this for me. I'm expecting a steady stream of coffee, Chris, to come into my life until I go to heaven. Because I gave, these things are wonderful. And you can't have these. I've already given more than the tithe away. I'm teasing. My question is, why do people who keep getting more and more show less and less gratitude? It's a problem in our nation. It's a problem in our families. It's a problem that can only be solved by grateful hearts who understand that the Lord is here. Now, I want you to take what I'm going to say in the next few minutes because I'm not a prophet. But I believe we're standing on the cusp of what could be the last great revival before Christ comes again. Because there are several things that are just coming together that is going to cause the collapse of entitlement in America. Big corporations have promised that they would take care of people. And this week, I talked to a man who lost his entire retirement because somehow or another their company got sold out, and with it went his retirement. Devastated. But the promise was the big corporation was always going to take care of it. We just watched a long strike get settled as people were not only striking for current benefits, but about their futures. Every presidential race that I have ever witnessed, the government has promised to fix the problems in our society, and no president has been able to fix the problem in our societies. I kind of agree with President Ronald Reagan. He said, if someone comes to you and says, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you, slam the door. Government can't fix our problems. We were told lifestyle choices about marriage, cohabitation, divorce, free sex, changing our genders. Everything would expand individual freedom, and people would be happier. And today, children are more vulnerable than they've ever been before because of the collapsing of homes, because family breakdown has not only deepened our national our, our national core of conviction of what is good, family broke down has affected the churches and the companies around them. And you go, what's at the problem of this? The problem is a lack of gratitude, and behind every lack of gratitude or behind every lack of gratefulness is sin. It's why Martin Luther said what I paraphrased to you a few moments ago. He says, if you have a truly thankful heart, you can never sin against God. You will never work against God. You will always work for what is good because you recognize that every benefit, every benefit comes from God. Can we give him a hand of praise for that this morning? Every benefit comes from problem. You say, Pastor that's a huge statement, and that could be very offensive, and I know it could be very offensive, but again, listen to the words of God this morning from Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. Yes, they knew God, but they worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And what he's saying is that sin will cause you to not recognize how good God has been to you. They didn't recognize that they were the Grateful recipients of God's benefits, His goodness. It's why people grumble. It's why people complain. And there's a right time to make a constructive criticism or a constructive complaint. But when you meet somebody that's constantly grumbling and constantly complaining and everything is bad and they live their lives that way, you've met someone and sometimes people, people who call themselves christians can live that way you see grumbling is a mindset listen we talked about a worldview just a moment ago grumbling is the mindset of a person who has refused to recognize the presence of god they recognize they wouldn't even recognize him as god nor would they give him thanks It's not in your outline, but you may want to write this down later. 1 Corinthians 10.10, Paul talks about the children of Israel and how God gave them the Ten Commandments, how God gave them His presence, how God went with them throughout the desert, and how when they got to the Promised Land, they continued to grumble and complain. And Paul says he sent a destroying angel in the midst of them to begin to deal with them. So if you've been grumbling this morning, you might want to just tone that down just a little bit. You know, you might want to say to your wife today, you know what? You are the most wonderful woman in the world, and I am so thankful for you. And do something good, beneficial for her. Can you say amen this morning? And ladies, you might want to go to your husband and you might want to say, sweetheart, you are the kindest, most wonderful man. I am so grateful God sent you into my life. Can I get a witness on that? I sent that to my wife's phone this week using her... Well, I actually sent it to my phone from her phone where it looks like she told me that. You see, to say what is untrue or what's unkind, to grumble is to fail to be a witness for Christ. Woodland Church should be the most grateful church in our community. Look at uh, Ephesians 5.4. Some tongues just love the taste of gossip. Those who follow Jesus have better uses for language than that. That's the reason we say at Woodland, we won't let gossip go underground. We will expose that. Gossip is something that the Bible says God hates. I love the final phrase in this passage. Would you read it out with me? Thanksgiving is our dialect. Say it again. Thanksgiving is our dialect. Look at your neighbor and say, Thanksgiving is my dialect. Say it again. Thanksgiving is my dialect. Honey, I love you. And I want Thanksgiving to always be my dialect. Vic, Thanksgiving is your dialect to my dialect. It's how we live our lives. You see, Thanksgiving, thirdly, brings God's blessings into my life. If grumbling brings death and destruction into our lives, Thanksgiving brings the goodness of God, the blessings of God into our life. You see, to bless someone is to speak good of them. So if I speak about you, I've, you've heard me say this time and time again, I always want people's names to be safe in our mouths. I don't want anyone to ever worry about that we're saying negative about something about someone or anything like that. that our names are safe in one another's mouths. People in our community, their names are safe in our mouth because to bless someone is to speak good of them. When I eat with my friend, the rabbi, I just always say, Rabbi, pray, because he prays over everything before we eat a piece of bread. Blessed art thou, O Lord, who give us this bread. Thou art the bread of life. Blessed o, for we eat the salad. Blessed are thou, O Lord, for this salad, for you bring forth green stuff from the earth that we might eat and be in good health. Now it takes a long time to eat a meal with the rabbi because he's got a blessing for everything. But it's okay. I enjoy the meal. I enjoy the fellowship. I enjoy the blessing. But one of the things that the rabbi says from time to time is, Blessed are you, O Lord, for you abundantly forgive our sins. Isn't that powerful? The Bible says in Psalms 92, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. For the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. How many of you want to flourish and grow in your life? Could I see your hand this morning? You want to flourish. You want to grow. To palm tree bends with the winds of the hurricane or the tornado, but when the winds are over, it comes back up. To grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. And It was the kind of wood that, that Solomon wanted to build the temple in out of in Jerusalem. The early church prayed the Lord's Prayer three times a day. And Jesus shows us how the rabbi prayed is really scriptural, because when he blessed the Lord and gave thanks for the bread, then in turn, he blessed the Lord and gave thanks for the cup of wine that he shared. Again, I will say it this morning, who cannot be grateful for fried chicken? I mean, I am grateful... There are some things, if you put in front of me, I am not grateful for, you know? They're just, God didn't mean for that to be eaten. And some of my friends, like one of my good friends, has tried over and over to get me to eat snails. And he pulls those sloppy, dripping things out of the shell and puts it in his mouth. I can't say, blessed art thou, O Lord, for thou hast created this to be consumed. And yet, he gives thanks for that and slurps them down one after another. Let me continue along this line. I put in more here than I could use, but let me just continue. My Jewish friends have taught me. They give God thanks for a lamp. Look at these lights up in the city. They'll look at a lamp and go, blessed art thou, O Lord, for you you are the one who created light, and you are the father of all lights. And suddenly what we take for granted all around us, every single day, we don't show any gratitude. They're teaching me how to be a more grateful Christian. Does that make sense? Because we learn to give God thanks for the good things in our life. Deuteronomy 6, 4, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And then finally this morning, let me see if I can bring some closure to that one point that is so difficult for so many people understandably as we get ready to enter the Thanksgiving season. I will be thankful in all things. My life is not perfect. Your life is not perfect. The Nigerian lady that I stood with through the night with my sister praying for my brother-in-law, he went to heaven. Because of COVID, right now we have so many people in our congregation over the next six to eight weeks that are grieving deeply. Year before last, just during the month of Christmas, I did over a dozen funerals, 10 from this church. Life is not perfect, but those that I buried that knew the Lord and loved Jesus, their families have a greater cause for hope and joy than ever before. Life is not perfect here, but life is perfect there. And what my brother-in-law, what Al, what Juanita, what Augustine, and joy in the presence of God Almighty today. For as the Apostle Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. is absolutely amazing. To be thankful is not to be Pollyannish, but it is to say that in all things, God is in control. And as we sang this morning, this is an everlasting romance that we have with the Lord. He will never forsake us or never leave us. But we live in a broken world 75 percent of venture capitalists fail. 40% of CEOs will last 18 months. 70 to 90% of mergers fail to add shareholder value. 81% of new hires don't work out. 99% of new patents never earn a penny. 95% of new products introduced in a given year will fail. 68% of information technology projects fail to meet the goal. 100% of all of our our human bodies will quit working unless Jesus comes first and we are called up in the air to meet those that have died and gone before us. But that does not mean that God is not good. We live in a broken world where God brings benefit into our lives, good things into our lives, and the most amazing thing He has done has brought to us the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, that we are getting ready to celebrate this Christmas season. Somebody shout hallelujah today. Again, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So what I'd like to ask you to do today in your growth work, if you'll look at that with me, is would you write your own prayer of thanksgiving to God today as we get ready to enter this season and you may be going through a difficult, difficult time in life. Write your own prayer of thanksgiving. Secondly, develop a habit of giving thanks to God in all things throughout the day. You may be like our Jewish friends. When you walk home and see a lamp, just say, blessed art thou, O Lord, who has created and given us light, and you are the Father of all lights. You might not want to do it unless you do it with your family, but in a group of folks who aren't familiar with it, I mean, it might make for an uncomfortable lunch at work if you stop over every little thing you're going to eat, but in your heart, think about. It's not just the farmer. It's not just the people who picked the crops or raised the cattle or raise the chickens. It's not just the people who processed them and brought them to our grocery stores. And it's not just the grocers. But it is God who created the earth and created the seed. It is God who created the animals. It is God who sustains all things. And behind all these beneficial things that we enjoy is a good God. And As we come into this Thanksgiving season and we are inundated with catalogs and advertisements credit cards, to spend more money, to acquire more stuff. Maybe we be reminded it that it's all turning to garbage, as Jerry Seinfeld said. And what's truly good, who is behind is the one who is behind all things and given us all things. And that's our Father in heaven. Can you say amen? Then I want you to read this. You've heard me often talk about Corey Tinboom. If you'll read this, and this should be in your outline, read this, thankful for the fleas. If this doesn't bring a tear to your eye and make you grateful, you call me. We're going to meet here in this altar. I'm going to lead you to Jesus Christ and help you come to know Jesus personally. But read this blog post at churchandculture.org. Then I played this song for Becky yesterday, and I said, we've got to learn this. Listen to this song. i give you a YouTube link to it. Listen to Battles. Oh, God surrounds us and in your outline you should have the link for that. Now all of this is online. You can get to it easily clicking online to the blog post or to the YouTube link. But let these become a part of us. And let us this has been my prayer this whole week. Look at me, everyone right here, stop writing. Let every one of us bring God's goodness and god's blessings to people that we reach can we say amen to that can you imagine what would happen if all of us spoke goodness now for the word that you've all been waiting for benediction good speech finished would you stand with me this morning we thank you oh lord god For you're not only the Father of all lights, you're not only the giver of seed and plants for our health, you're not only the giver of the water that we drink, but you are the giver of eternal life through Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son. We thank you that everything that you have done is good, And we grieve, Lord, for how we have misused your goodness, how we have failed to live thankful lives. And we ask for that wonderful work of the Holy Spirit that is so much greater than our sanctified willpower. We ask for the gift of self-control from the Holy Spirit that we might... Master her mouths. The God that we might bring good to everyone and speak the blessings of God. Now, Lord, over this congregation, I pray today that the good God who has given them all good things through the goodness of his grace in Christ Jesus, the Lord, you shall multiply goodness to them as they give your goodness away. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen. Now look at me for just a second. I don't know everybody here this morning. I don't know everyone watching online. But I saw some of you and some numbers on my iPhone during service this morning. Because I pastor you as well. I pray for you as well. But if you've never given your heart to Jesus, let me tell you the best thing, the goodest thing that God ever did for you is to give you Jesus Christ. And becoming a Christian is not a hard thing to do. The hard thing has already been accomplished. There's a cross over here to my left. The hard thing has already been accomplished for you at Calvary. So I'm asking you right now, if you feel drawn, if you feel led, will you pray this prayer with me? And I'm gonna ask everyone in this room to pray this prayer with me today. Pray something like this, but you just mean it and you pray it to the Lord. Would you pray with me? Say, Heavenly Father, everyone in the room, Heavenly Father, thank you for the goodness of forgiveness of sins, of a fresh start in life, of a good hope for an eternal future. I don't understand it all, but on this good day, I give my heart and life as much as I know how, to Jesus Christ. For it's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. And if you did that, there'll be some information coming up on the screen online. If you prayed that here today at Woodland and you committed your life to Jesus, please stop by our Connections booth. I love you. God bless you. May the goodness of the Lord be yours in everything you do. Go in peace today. Amen.